What's up, Dashley fam? Welcome to Taking Sides, the marriage podcast. So good to have you with us. Man, Ashley and I just love sitting down and answering your guys' questions. I'm ready. This is something that we look forward to like all week. It's like actually being with people. It's so fun to read your guys' messages and, and talk. It helps us so much. Hopefully it's helping you. Uh, a lot of your messages says it is. So that just makes us so happy. So let's get started. We have so many emails. Hey everyone, you're listening to Taking Sides with the Dashleys, a show where couples send their funniest arguments or most divisive daily disagreements to us, the Dashleys. Everybody wants advice on their relationship issues, but it can be kind of risky to talk about them with your family and friends sometimes. Taking Sides is a new podcast where you can anonymously solicit feedback on your relationship issues directly from us Dallin and Ashley, as well as from special guests from time to time. We'll give you our unqualified advice and our thoughts with the hope that it is somewhat insightful, maybe helpful, and definitely entertaining. So please send in your submissions to takingsideswiththedashleys at gmail.com and you will be in one of our next podcasts. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Ash, this, uh, I believe that this is worthy of the first question. It's titled Chick-fil-A sauce. Growing up, I thought that maybe one day I would be like a missionary for Chick-fil-A. Like, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like preach the gospel or something or like help people learn about Jesus. Uh-huh. Like if I were a missionary, I, w- I would think it would be like a religious missionary. Oh, how I have become something I never imagined. And Dylan and I on the daily are receiving these like very emotional letters from people. <laughs> about Ch- like, how Chick-fil-A has changed their life. Like you could sub out Chick-fil-A for like the gospel or something. For real. Like they just, they cry the first time they taste it. And that is why we continue to preach. I thought everyone tasted Chick-fil-A. Me too. I, it blows my mind that people haven't gone there yet. Like why would you not go there? I, because you don't know what you don't it's know. It's literally so pleasant. People are kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. <laughs> okay. Really? All right. Chick-fil-A sauce from Shannon. Hey, Dylan and Ashley, I need to share that I had Chick-fil-A for the first time yesterday and I am in love. Did you know that you can buy eight ounce containers? <laughs> People are of like, sauce? did you know? What? It's like that Enrique Iglesias Eight ounce song. Can, oh, wait, I've seen those like for Do catering. Do you know what it feels like loving someone <laughs> who's in a rush to throw you away? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Like so we should play yeah that. i knew that you could do that because of catering i don't know why i haven't done it more often in my life i know life. you can do that any day you want you can just walk in and buy it yeah any sauce i brought home some the closest chick-fil-a to my house is three hours away so sad that is sad shannon you should move and made grilled cheese for dinner and dipped it in the chick-fil-a sauce amazing grilled grilled cheese dipped in chick-fil-a sauce that sounds just so good anything dipped in chick-fil-a sauce is good i don't think it would count in your weird food combos but we need more good and positive things in our world so grilled cheese and chick-fil-a sauce it is love you guys you're my besties i literally tell people down and ashley said this did this cooked this i got this idea from them (laughs) that's awesome that's what we want this to be thanks for being fabulously you shannon shannon we love you this is so cool to hear I'm so glad we need to do this more. Anytime you are near, I used to live this way. I grew up in Georgia, Chick-fil-A, you know, like 10, at least 10 minutes away, anywhere you are. There's so many Chick-fil-A's there. I moved to Utah for college. There is no Chick-fil-A's. And then one, one, a single one, a mini one opens up in the mall. Mm -hmm. They don't even serve the full menu. Oh, come on. Yeah. So I lived this way, Shannon. 
and then and then her eyes were opened no and and then oh. it's it spreads like good news and it will come to you one day now utah has so many chick-fil-a's chick-fil-a is the good news it is yeah so have hope don't give up a chick-fil-a will be built near you one day <laughs> in this life if you pray hard enough it will be built there soon it's so funny okay that's a joke it's a joke it's just so funny how how much uh, people relate chick-fil-a to like the gospel all right but it's true because it's so good um i'm so happy for you shannon and oh, thanks shannon, so much and you are our shannon friend. try the polynesian sauce you will love it my phases of sauce went from first i only got ketchup and then i only got barbecue sauce and then i discovered polynesian sauce and i got that only for like six years of my life i'm in this weird phase now where i don't dip it in anything because i just want to experience it in its natural state but try the polynesian sauce shannon it'll change you it's like honey mixed with chili powder mixed with island love mixed with yeah it's so good all right ash next one opposite opinions in marriage help from miranda hey dallin and ashley my name is miranda and i'm from south carolina hey i guess guys, you can use me hey guys it's miranda <laughs> you ever watch miranda sings on youtube just reminded us of that and I've been watching your vlog and listening to both podcasts for a while now. My five-year-old son and I love your sweet family. I'm always saying what new things I've learned from you guys in parenting and marriage. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, Miranda. So I need some advice. Me and my husband overall work well together, but we are definitely different people. For example, I'm a morning person. He prefers to stay up late. His love language is physical touch and mine with words of affirmation and acts of service. Before the coronavirus, our schedules were a bit crazy. Our schedules were a bit crazy and expected to pick up where we left off soonish. We have a five-year-old son and one-year-old daughter. He works four to six days a week as a professional musician. Whoa, cool. Mm -hmm. Playing out-of-town music teacher. And I'm working two to three 14-hour shifts as a maternity nurse. Wow, that's a long time. We are lucky to mostly still be working, with the exception that his band gigs have been canceled, postponed, but have not found a good system. How do you make your work-life schedules work? I have suggested planning a time set aside for working on music so I feel less like he's escaping the kid responsibilities and I can expect it. Yes. But as a musician, he says he cannot schedule creativity and inspiration and I need to accept that. I am very much a schedule goal-oriented person and he would rather go with the flow. Well, this sounds just like us. Uh, thank you for reading this. I love you guys so much. I look up to both of you as a couple and as parents, I should comment more positive things because that's all I have to say about you guys to drown out all the negative. Much love, Miranda. P.S. Ashley, you would, lo you would love South Carolina. I Fort would. Mill has amazing schools if you did end up sending kids to school and overall has pretty mild seasons. It, do it does get hot in July and August, but that's why we swim every day. Also, my son is sad you guys live so far away. So do it for Emmett, LOL. I would thrive in South Carolina. I know this already. Yeah. Myrtle Beach was beautiful. Amelia Island, beautiful. South Carolina has the most beautiful license plate. It's true. Like, I would thrive there. I know this. Mm -hmm. Dallin doesn't know if he would thrive there. It's so far away, and I've never been there. I'd love to check it out. But even then, it's just so far away from everything I know and love. Yep. I would probably get to know it and love it there if I needed to, but I feel like it's just something that I wouldn't choose to do on default oh yeah it seems like a place i would need to move for a reason or something we need to visit there like my job moved me there and i had to move or something and then you would but then it. again i've never been there maybe i would go and fall in love and, and decide it's my spirit state we should visit sometime i want to 
Stay tuned for more Taking Sides, the marriage podcast. All right, let's talk about the differences and opposite opinions in marriage. I, I definitely relate to your husband so much. Like, I mean, me and my friends, me and my friend Mason were like guitar players growing up. And sometimes we would leave, but all of a sudden Mason would just grab a guitar and start playing something. And we would be late, but would come up with like the coolest songs. And it just, and I definitely get that. And that's like the culture of, of like, of like more creative um, right-brained people too, you know, and just kind of going with the flow. And that's a total personality style. I have been that style my whole life. That was the hardest part for me having kids is because all of a sudden so much freedom and being able to do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted was now gone. And the only way to thrive is to have a schedule and prioritize your things and figure out how you're going to do them when with your partner and your kids and all the other responsibilities. And it really puts a damper on creativity or being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. But I feel like creativity isn't doing whatever you want, whenever you want. I think that creativity can be, I think you got to get creative on how to express your creativity once you have a lot of other responsibilities like kids. And, uh, and um, like when your life is tied, it's not, his life is tied right now to three other people. Like, uh-huh. like he, the band? Well, it's his life and his wife's life and, and his, his kid's, kid's life. life. And, and he's not the only one that matters anymore. And that's one of the things you got to start getting creative about and express your creativity and how you're going to express your creativity along with all of your other responsibilities that you want to own up to. I guess if you don't want to own up to your responsibilities, I guess decide what those are. Once you've decided what those are, you got to get creative on how you're going to be creative. be creative here because it's a lot and you can't go with the old way of doing things like I was fighting for so long after having two kids it was so hard for me because I'd be like man I can never go to the gym but in reality I just have to schedule when I'm going to go to gym and Ashley has to get on board with it and we got to plan how we're going to make this work with our other responsibilities yeah it's a lot more work and it seems kind of ridiculous sometimes because when in college you could just go whenever the heck you wanted I need a break from my homework I'm going to go to the gym real quick you know, or, oh, that's a sweet idea. Let me grab my guitar and work this out real quick. That might be a new song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I relate to Miranda because when you don't schedule these things, it does feel like you're just choosing to be creative when things are getting hard. Especially when... Because you need to do your you creative are work. A, by default, a creative scheduling person and you did that before you had kids like Ashley. Right. But like if you have stuff you need to do and you're not scheduling time to do it, the best time to do it is when things suck the most. Uh-huh. So you're going to be like, listen, I have a lot of work to do. I have to go now. Sorry. It's not like I want to help, but I can't because of my work. Where like if if we could both get on a schedule and know like this is when Dallin's not here, I could make plans to be like, okay, this is when Dallin's not here. And this is what I'm going to do to help myself be successful in this time period. And then there's another time period coming up when Dallin is going to be here. And I know that that's going to be a time for me where I can maybe step back a little bit and go to the bathroom or like eat lunch or have just like 10 minutes where I'm taking, where I have like the possibility of break time. But then where also I know that I'm not doing stuff alone. So I'm not going to plan things to get me through the parenting alone phase because I know Dallin's going to be there. But if it's just like Dallin's floating in and out all the time and, or like, like, not like Dallin, I'm in charge of the kids and Dallin's in charge of work, but we've just worked out like I love doing the kids and I consider that like an honor and a blessing and like 
this wonderful, fulfilling thing for me. And Dallin handles all the crap I don't want to handle because he kind of enjoys that. Like he likes the alone time and he likes to like do that stuff, like to hunker down and like do taxes and to do contracts and to like call people who I don't have any interest in talking to. Like Dallin does all that stuff. So like I plan a lot of kid stuff alone for me because I know Dallin's going to be doing work stuff. But then it's also nice to know this is together time. I don't like I'm not that's not on me time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's really hard. And we went through a phase of this where Dallin was just like he had a lot of stuff to do and it was really stressful for him because there was no schedule to do it. And his def- he was kind of like helping doing stuff with me. We don't I don't like using the word helping me because it's like I don't feel like when I don't I hate like thinking like when you do kid stuff, it's you doing me a favor. And I don't think you think that either. It's just a shared responsibility. I know. So I don't, I just don't like using the word helping me, but like when Dallin's doing family stuff and he's always stressed about work stuff that's just floating around for a moment where he can step away. When it's not scheduled, it's just floating in my head and I feel like it needs to get done and anything else happening is in the way of that getting done. So Dallin's work... And that is the stress of not having a schedule. Yeah. And like Dallin's existing in a higher stress level where there's all these things that he needs to do, but there's no set time to do them. And I'm existing in this weird stress level where I'm like waiting for Dallin to peace out and it's probably going to be in like a rough time or like like the the end of the day when you have to get this stuff done today but you haven't all day and then it's the end of the day when things are the roughest and so it's just like schedules have saved our life and our marriage and I would just suggest that it's fair and you have to be fair in marriage the default when you when he goes to do the like music and write music and play things and you uh, are hurt by it, he's going to say, well, aren't you grateful that I'm providing for our family by doing this? And I would feel like Ashley was ungrateful when she was mad that I was working. But then also she's like, aren't you grateful that I do all these things for kids? And you probably say this and think the same things too. And like, this is your responsibility too. And then there's just this back and there's just this disconnect there where neither one is grateful for the other. Although you're both doing important things. It's just, and so like, if you can, this is the importance of having a schedule and setting expectations ahead of time because and expressing gratitude and trust. If you have trust that your partner is going to go and take care of something he needs to do, because obviously you'd love it if he came up with a hit song that made them so much money because they were able to sell it and it was on all the radios. Like, wouldn't that be amazing to you? You would love him to get a stroke of inspiration to like go and come up with a sweet song. And if you had the trust that he would go do what he needed to do and, and then come back and pick up right where you left off, then maybe that can work for you guys and just know that he does his thing, but I love him and I trust him and he's going to come right back. And he trusts you that you're not going to nag him every time he feels like he honestly feels like he needs to go and do this for himself and for his sanity and for his work that he does to support his family. If he trusts that he can count on you to be like, oh, awesome. Yeah. Come back in 20 minutes or whatever, or just, or trust that you can come up with a plan real quick. Like I need to take a break or I just had a really cool idea. I really would love to write this down. Are you cool if I go do that? And like have a little 30 second, one minute planning session, like, and you both had each other's support and commitment and trust there. That would be a world of difference rather than you just thinking he's trying to escape and him just feeling like you're not grateful for all of his hard work. Right. I think that's a good idea. My perfect world is like, I, and if, if that's how he needs to exist to like exist as a human and to be married, then you, you kind of have to make amends for that. But if he can make it work, I don't know. I just think like you wouldn't pick up a hospital shift without talking to him. 
you wouldn't like you have your normal shift that he knows about and he knows like this is when my wife works and this is when I have more more responsibility with the family because my wife is working. You wouldn't just pick up another 14-hour shift without talking to him. Like you you give him the courtesy of letting him know and planning with him and making a schedule with him and making sure that works for him. Mm-hmm. And I just think you deserve the same courtesy. That's what I meant about having a little planning. Like, oh, whoa, I just had a really good idea. Yeah, like, no, there are I, times get, I get like, if I was, he's like this inspirational creature who like has to leave on a whim because he feels something or sees something or thinks of something. I think like a one minute planning session works, but I don't, I don't think it would work all the time. It wouldn't work well, for also, me. It wouldn't not all of a sudden like, oh, baby's diaper needs to be changed. I need to go write a song. Like that doesn't work. If ever if it happened on occasion, like uh, you had a really cool idea, I'm not thinking all of a sudden. There's, it's not like an all the everyday thing. Obviously, you should schedule in your time where you can sit down and think and be alone to like practice and and play your guitar and be creative and stuff. But if there's like some like I've had it happen to me all the time where I had this cool song idea come to my mind or I hear somebody say something that sounded like a cool chorus to a song or something rhymed or like or just sometimes songs would just pop into my head out of nowhere and before i forgot it i would like pull out the recording app on my phone and like kind of hum it or Mm -hmm. say the words or something so that i had it there like that's a real thing no i know that i know and that's why like if that's how he needs to exist to like live his joy and like pursue his career like i don't know i'm not that person so like maybe you need to compromise a bit because that's just who you married but if it's not, like if he can make some compromises in that, that's where like, like I wouldn't pick up a 14 hour shift without talking to you and making sure well, that works. I don't think he wants to be gone for 14 hours either. I don't know. I wouldn't pick up a three hour shift without calling you and being like. Right. That's what you should like. You should definitely schedule. And the norm would be you have your scheduled time where you focus on your music and you take out your notes and your voice memos that you've gathered throughout the day. You whip out your phone real fast, like hum, hum the tune that just came to your head or like whatever mental notes that you need to get out recorded real quick as you're doing things with the kids or what other other responsibilities that you can come back later during your scheduled time and whip out your phone and your notes whatever and like i think that uh, miranda would be totally cool with like if your husband was you were working on something or whatever but he's like oh one sec let me just hum something into my into my voice memos real quick in my phone or take take some notes that was really cool yeah no i think that's and then get back to it like in a minute i'm not saying like when you're with your family you can't do anything else like we work when we're with our family but it's just kind of like, I don't know. I think what he's doing is the ideal. Like it is the ideal if you're a creative person to go and be creative whenever you feel a stroke of creativity hit you. Yeah, obviously but, everybody would love to be able to do that. Like where this is his actual job, like I think there should be more wiggle room there. But also I feel like you can come up with a schedule where expectations are known and able to like, like in in jobs you have like, it's service just, level agreements, SLAs. We were always talking about our standard, like what what we owe to other teams in the organization to work effectively together. Like what this is what they can expect from us. What this is what we can expect from them type thing. Like kind of work that out and have a schedule and rough hours of the day, chunks of the day when you plan on doing things so that you can just be on the same page and doesn't just default to I can leave whenever I want and you have to watch the kids type thing. Right. Like she deserves to be able to depend on him. Totally. You know, and like not that he's a bad person or not that he's not committed, but it just sounds like she feels like she can't depend on him. And like she's kind of running the ship while he goes in and out of the ship whenever he wants. And she doesn't have that same freedom. Uh So and that just it feels like that doesn't feel fair to her. And like it wouldn't feel fair to me either. Like 
So yeah, um, our our uh, therapist told us something interesting. He said we were talking about resolving conflicts and stuff, and how we saw something differently. And he said that a lot of problems are perpetual problems and it's something you need to come to compromise on. He's like, actually, I think it's like 75 to 80% of problems are going to be unsolvable, unsolvable basically. Like there's no perfect way to do this for both of you. There's oh, fundamental here we go. differences. He in says, our research has shown that 69% of relationship conflict is about perpetual problems. All couples have them. These problems are grounded in the fundamental differences that any two people face. Any two people. It's not that you've married the wrong person. He said, based on all of his research, 69% of relationship conflict is about perpetual problems. All couples have them. These couples are grounded in fundamental differences between any two people. They are either fundamental differences in your personalities that repeatedly create conflict or fundamental differences in your lifestyle needs. So like not that he's crazy and not that you're crazy. You just have not that you married the wrong person. It's just that no matter who you married or who you're dating, you're going to have 69% of your conflicts are going to be about perpetual ongoing problems that you won't find a perfect solution for that will require some kind of tolerance and compromise. And that made us be like, wow, we're not just incompatible. We're just like everybody else. Like all couples have this. Even six, I thought it would be like 40, maybe 30% are the unsolvable. The 70% is solvable. He said in all of his research, this is Gottman, like the leader in marriage, like actual factual research about like hard hitting evidence based research on relationships. 69%. That's crazy. Yeah. And they can be on things that like maybe for your neighbors or your parents or your brother and sister-in-law, it was an issue that was no big deal. But just because you're, you are two unique people this issue that for some people is no big deal is a big deal for you guys. But those people have issues in other areas that you are totally compatible in. Yeah. So he says, we concluded that instead of solving these perpetual problems, what seems to be important is whether or not a couple can establish a dialogue about them because you're not going to solve them. Yay. Even 69% of them, you're not going to solve. If they cannot establish a, such a dialogue, the conflict becomes gridlocked and gridlocked conflict eventually leads to emotional disengagement. Interesting. Right. So um, you can learn more and about this. Just song. coming from Dallin and I, it is very hard to re-engage disengaged emotions. Yeah, I feel like we're working on it. No, I think we're doing. Right. No, it's Ash just and been... I. Just so you guys know, Ash and I have like the past week or two has been better than we've been in a long time. Well, we've had a lot of. And maybe we can talk about that dialogue about perpetually unsolved problems. We have, and it's been really, really, really good. We don't necessarily like agree, but just finally like coming to a space because doing what Gottman says like having a dialogue about it yeah it's really hard to have a dialogue about like emotionally charged situations where you feel i think his the next line is like gridlocked perpetual problems and that's what we had um and those are problems that were mishandled Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of hurt and emotion and like mistrust and confusion and just like not just feeling like Oh, you really love me, but in this area, you just don't care about me. Yeah, well, he defines it really well right here. He says, perpetual problems that have been mishandled have essentially calcified into something uncomfortable. That's how he defines gridlocked problems. They've calcified into something uncomfortable, and it's like a pain point whenever you think about it or something brings it up or something somebody else says brings it up, and you both get like the hairs on the back of your neck raises up. When a couple tries to discuss a gridlocked issue, it can feel like they're spinning their wheels and getting nowhere. 
Uh, then he goes on to talk about emotional intelligence and building like communication skills to discuss these uh, things and not just try to solve them because 69%, geez, that's a huge number, will be unsolvable. You just have a cough to have a discussion, a dialogue around them and come up with a compromise that works. Yeah. That's every couple, not just bad couples. There's no such thing as bad couples. There's couples that make it work and put in a lot of hard work or there's couples that give up. Right. Like, so I mean, okay, that might've been a little bold. There are some times where divorce is the best option, but I feel like it's more often, it's, it's more often utilized than it needs to be. Or yeah. Um, gosh, when you stopped yourself, it like made me forget everything I was about to say. Oh, Oh, I was going to say like, Miranda, this issue that you're having with your husband is not like a crazy issue or it's a weird issue. It's definitely not unique. And like Dallin and I have had issues similar to this. Like Dallin didn't know he married someone with a lot of anxiety in certain situations where Dallin has no anxiety, you know? And like I, there's things with Dallin, like I didn't know I married a person who is so different from me in certain areas that he like, dem- he needs things that I've never had to give to like exist happily or like compromises that I never expected to have to make. And like, that's just like, we've just had to kind of like navigate that road. Like, and it's been weird, like for Dallin and me, like it, Dallin has felt like weird and uncomfortable, like making life changes based on like my issues that he does not share or my needs that he does not share. And I felt weird and uncomfortable making like compromises in my life for his things that I have no concept of. And like, feel nothing like he does in them but it's just kind of like what we have to do to stay married yeah and, and i'm not i don't makes think you really happy your husband once is you crazy like i was kind of expressing like what i would want my perfect person to do for me if he was that way and you know like trying to live a life that catered to mine i do think that there is room for compromise and more consideration of you and you more consideration of him and just like working something out that works for both of you versus he gets his perfect world and you have to like bend to it or you get your perfect world and he has to just deal. Mm -hmm. But it's just like a really hard thing that you kind of like trudge through until you can skip through it. And this is what therapy does. It helps you have these dialogues and learn how to have these conversations around the 69% of things that are going to be unsolvable in any relationship. This is the skill that you learn in therapy, in right. marriage therapy. So it sounds like, like him being creative. And this is the creative, skill that we want to teach you in our marriage course. Yeah. Like him being creative is maybe something he needs. Like maybe he needs this freedom if if inspiration hits to take an hour or to take two hours or to take 10 minutes. I don't know like what he's taking. But and, he, when he and if that's that he what ha- he needs, you need to let him know if that's how you need to live, I need this to live with that. Like I need you to give me 20 minutes. Yeah. Before and once you, you have leave. those expectations and you're both cool with it, boom, instant happiness. You're like, right. all right, this is what I can expect from here. I can trust him. And he's like, cool. She's cool with this. I can be creative and not be stressing about her in the back of my mind. And then you both know that you're going to come back, love each other, pick up like, whatever you're doing it, or just like, and work out fine. And this is your new happiness. This is your new modus operandi. This is your new normal. And this is how you work. And it's a beautiful thing once you have the dialogue and figure out how to meet both of your needs in this new way. It's a really beautiful thing. So I can tell you what my things would be if Dallin was this way. And he's kind of this way a little bit. Like if you like needed to leave when inspiration struck to do your music. Mm -hmm. 
and he, he kind of has things where like Dallin likes that's kind of how Dallin like calms down or like re re-centers himself when things are crazy i he, would put on my bose headphones he kind of needs to leave alone. so when dallin needs to leave my thing is like i just i want you like tell me you need to leave and i'll tell you what i need you to do so that i don't like feel overwhelmed when you leave and usually it's like okay can you please just like empty the dishwasher and put the new dishes in and then you can go because like i can't i like struggle existing in a messy place uh-huh and then my brain is relaxed knowing that Ashley isn't mad or stressed while I'm gone. And she's relaxed knowing and that I'll I'm... usually be like, how long do you need? Yeah. And so we just set expectations right there and then we can both go and do it without stressing about the other person the whole time. That's, that's what I would suggest. Like if he's like, I, I need to go like inspiration has struck. You'd be like, inspiration has struck. This love. is what I need you to do to just like, just to like, so when you leave, I don't feel overwhelmed. Uh-huh. Because I was like, I thought we were doing stuff together and now we're not. So like really quick before you leave, can you like get the kids shoes on and help me get them in the stroller so that I can go do this instead of like getting the kids out of the house by myself? Because that's a lot of work. It comes down to like knowing what you need and then expressing them. Yeah. Like I honor that you need to do this, but before you do this, can you do this for me so that I can have a successful time while you're doing that? Like, cause I wasn't planning. I'm a big planner. Like, Oh, I, w- I was not planning on this. Mm-hmm. Like while you do, if you need to go do that, can you like, usually like it's help me get the kids in, in the car, help me get the kids in the stroller so we can go do this thing. So we're not just like in a holding pattern for you. Right. Holding, Expectations. holding patterns are the worst. Mm-hmm. Communication is good. <laughs> That's our song. That's what I would suggest. That was really long. And it kind of shifted from me being very like, oh, well, he shouldn't do this to like therapy kicking in. And like, you just need to let him know what you need. Because yeah, he has needs like, too. Yeah, he has needs too. And it sounds like he's and it's his job. getting those met. And you're kind of sitting there feeling like you're not having needs met. Yeah. So if you're both feeling ungrateful for the other person, that's just leads nowhere good. And then you resent each other and you resent his job and he resents you. And then... It's really bad. So having communication around this issue that's important to both of you will make you so, so happy. Hopefully. Hopefully, maybe. It will. Yeah. If you figure it mm-hmm. out how you're going to have dialogue around this, because this is what every couple has to do, or else they'd be so mad at each other and get divorced, or they just stay married unhappily. There's just like- or you come up with dialogue and a plan. That's like the only three options. Maybe once in a blue moon, a couple marries each other where they just are so compatible from the get-go and don't have to have these situations but i don't know any and i've never heard of any and nobody that i've ever heard of has heard of any i feel like when we got married we thought those existed because we just like saw them through like child eyes like no one really tells kids like the issues but then i don't know we've kind of like realized all of our model couples also have issues over the years and Uh it's like what you didn't tell me that (laughs) you guys are having issues yeah so no, it's real. Every, 69%. Every single couple. That's really mind blowing, but also it makes you feel like you're not alone and you're not crazy and you didn't marry the wrong person. You just need to learn how to have dialogue and communication around these things. Yep. It's early in the morning and I hear children banging at our door. <laughs> okay. We got to go. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully this was helpful to you and we'll see you soon.